This is the MLW Radio Network. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Blackheart, the head honcho off the top roast podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here. OTTR headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever it is you get your podcast from with our with our latest last week of wrestling, after darts, under bosses hard taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show wrestling every coming soon so if you like what you see you love professional wrestling you love independent wrestling you love everything about wrestling just yourself give us the tune you know you will not regret it black heart out Welcome to another episode of the Freeland Five, brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand for Tuesday, April the 5th, 2022. Hope everybody had a great day. Uh, getting through the week is is not easy. I usually like to say uh, once you hit Wednesday, you know, the rest of the week is downhill from there. But you know what? We're almost there. We got a great show for you today. So many things that we're going to be talking about today on the Freeland Five. From AEW to WWE to all the information that you're going to want to know. Once again, the Freeland Five is at least the top five headlines that I find interesting across the world of professional wrestling as it is shown on social media and on all the different wrestling websites. All right, so let's go ahead and let's jump right on to it. Our very first story is coming from eWrestling News at this hour, and this is by Ryan Clark. It's Cody Rhodes' comments on trying to keep his return a secret and who all knew about it in advance. Now, during a recent appearance on The Ringer podcast following WrestleMania 38 Night 1, Cody Rhodes commented on trying to do his best to keep his WWE signing from leaking out and who he kept in the dark about his return and more. 
Now, on if he called anyone after signing with his WWE contract, he said nobody. The real ones, the OGs, knew I was coming back. The one guy who had a hard time not knowing was Kevin Owens. I just kept it quiet, and I kept it low. I didn't even tell Randy Orton. I hadn't even seen Randy. I heard he's a really good guy. It blows my mind. The guy threw a dynamite stick into the lobby in Mexico for the first time I met him. Now he's a family man. What the hell are we doing? I didn't tell anyone. I kept everything limited. My mom knew and maybe a few others. So looks like Cody Rhodes didn't even tell some of his closest friends, just a few family members. Does that surprise you when it comes to his return to WWE? To me, it doesn't. I think the more of a surprise that you want to have, the more you got to keep it close to the chest. You know, pro wrestling is very much driven on rumor and speculation. And when you're coming to a company or you're leaving a company or character change or anything to that nature, you want to make sure that you keep things very close. You don't want to ruin uh, any plans that the company has made to either bring you in or any character changes or anything like that. But I think Cody is a pro and I think he understands uh, the concept of kayfabe. And he understands the concept of, you know what, sometimes you got to just keep your mouth shut and keep on plugging through. So what are your thoughts about Cody Rhodes as far as not really telling anyone about what was going to be happening? Let me know. Hit me up on social media. I'm at Mike Freeland, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Also, I'm not sure if you noticed this, but there's some brand new Cody Rhodes merchandise out. WWE's released some brand new Cody Rhodes merchandise that aired on Monday Night Raw last night. Cody now has a brand new shirt. You can go ahead and get that at wweshop.com. Are you going to be buying the Cody Rhodes shirt? If you are a big Cody Rhodes fan in AEW, love to know. Hit me up on social media and let me know your thoughts on that. It's always interesting to know if somebody is going to continue to follow a superstar, wrestler, whatever you want to refer them to, when they bump companies, when they change. You going to follow uh, Cody? Are you AEW for life, or are you just a fan that says, you know what, I'm okay with just about anything. I just love wrestling in general. Hit me up on social media and let me know your thoughts. All right, moving on. So many things to talk about, so many different headlines that are happening right now. Let's continue. WWE had plans to give Dolph Ziggler, yep, Dolph Ziggler, the man right now who is the WWE NXT champion, a bigger push. Interesting. Coming in at this hour from Paul Davis, and that is coming in from WrestlingNews.co. WWE had plans to give Dolph Ziggler a long NXT title reign. Sometimes plans just end up changing. Last night when Braun Breaker defeated Dolph Ziggler to win back his NXT championship, that was apparently a late decision because the original plans called for Ziggler to have a longer title reign. On Monday's Wrestling Observer Live, Brian Alvarez said people close to NXT told him that Ziggler would be champion for a while. And Alvarez pointed out that an NXT commercial aired last night during Raw that featured Ziggler as the champion. That kind of threw some people off with that. Right now, Braun Breaker is the new NXT champion. And he will be headlining future NXT shows. So, so much for the Braun Breaker going to either Raw or SmackDown uh, after unsuccessfully 
uh, being able to uh, win back his championship at Stand and Deliver. What's your thoughts on this? Do you think Braun Breaker should be continuing to be in NXT? Or do you think it's time to move him up? Personally, I thought they were going to move him up uh, after he lost the, ch- the championship and he was just going to go ahead and debut on Raw. But some things change. Maybe they realize maybe we should give him a little bit more time. Ethan Renner is writing in at this hour from Wrestling Observer. Samoa Joe versus Max Caster in the Owen Hart Cup qualifier is set for AEW Dynamite. In fact, Samoa Joe will make his AEW debut on this week's Dynamite. Samoa Joe's in-ring debut once again set for TBS this week. AEW President Tony Khan announced on Twitter on Tuesday that Joe will face Max Caster in the Owen Hart Foundation Men's Tournament Qualifier in this week's edition. Now, Joe appeared on Friday's Ring of Honor Supercard pay-per-view, saving Jonathan Gresham after attack at the hands of Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt. Following the event, Khan announced that Joe had signed with AEW. In a post-show press conference, Joe mentioned the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament as as a big likely step in his quest for dominance in AEW. Question for all of you. Are you excited about seeing Samoa Joe in AEW? Maybe a better question Maybe are you excited to see Samoa Joe in general? Personally, I am. I felt like Samoa Joe had great matches in WWE. I felt, unfortunately, I felt bad for him because, unfortunately, there were wins that I thought he sh- he definitely should have gotten. I think he definitely should have gotten a win um, over Brock Lesnar. I felt like an AJ Styles Samoa Joe program should have happened. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. So there's a lot of things that I feel like could have been done differently in WWE, but I think Joe definitely should have had a shot at the WWE um, a little bit longer and a little bit more deeper run. And unfortunately that just didn't happen. All right. So let's go ahead and check out some more information coming from the wrestling observer. Now, also, as I go through these things, I'd like to know, did you buy the Supercard of honor pay-per-view? If you did, hit me up on social media. Let me know uh, how many of you actually decided that it was worth going and purchasing the event. I thought that it was an extremely good event. Some people uh, said it was so-so. A lot of people were talking about how the match between FTR and the Briscoes stole the night. And uh, I would also agree with, with that sentiment. I feel like both of those teams had the best match at WrestleMania. All right, let's go ahead and let's move on to AEW news. Adam Cole is celebrating a big anniversary in pro wrestling. At this hour, Ryan Clark for E-Wrestling News is mentioning that Adam Cole tomorrow um, will be celebrating his 14th anniversary in pro wrestling. Now, AEWshop.com is selling new t-shirts and hoodies and other merchandise for the Blackpool Combat Club, which is CM Punk, John Moxley, Sam Aguilar, Ty Conte, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Jade Cargill as well. Now, Adam Cole, as we mentioned, will be celebrating his 14th anniversary in professional wrestling, uh, and Cole took to Twitter to share about it. He said, tomorrow, April the 6th, is my 14th anniversary in pro wrestling. No better way to celebrate it than a sold-out crowd in Boston and everyone around the world watching me beat the very best in AEW. Um, I can't believe that Adam Cole has already been in wrestling for 14 years. That seems to blow my mind. I remember him on the indies, and then obviously when he's coming into NXT, and then his uh, his great run he had in NXT, and I was incredibly, incredibly, um, you know, just really impressed with the way he conducted himself, the way he carried himself. So, 
All right, let's go ahead and let's move on here. Now, WWE had some plans that had changed once again for WrestleMania. Thomas Lawson is writing in at this hour. WWE had huge plans pitched for Bayley for WrestleMania 37. WWE had plans for former SmackDown Women's Champion Bayley at WrestleMania 37, which ultimately never made it to the show. Uh, last year, Fightful Select reported that WWE had some time planned for Bailey to be confronted by a returning Becky Lynch at last year's event that occurred in Tampa. Now, an update, it was reported after discussions with many people who were working within WWE Creative at the time, stated they had exhausted all their number of pitches to get Bailey more involved in WrestleMania 37. Now, there was reportedly a heavy push for Bailey to host the show by herself alongside Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil, while other pitches were including a special Ding Dong Hello segment. Instead, Bailey would appear during the show and she would be confronted by the Bella Twins. Are you a big Bailey fan? Love to know what your thoughts are on that. I think Bailey is a tremendous talent, and I hope Bailey does not get squandered. I love the fact that Bailey has changed her gimmick uh, to a degree where she has more of an attitude. I think that a lot of the characters that start out in wrestling, especially the women characters that start out as baby faces, they get pigeonholed into just being a baby face and it's very difficult for them to break out of that. But some talent, much like Bailey, had a great job uh, going ahead and making a change for themselves. All right. Our next article coming in is from eWrestling. Once again, this is from Ryan Clark. Kevin Owens mocks the Young Bucks after Monday Night Raw. Interesting. As reported last night on eWrestling News, Cody Rhodes defeated Kevin Owens in a dark match following WWE Raw TV tapings. At one point during the match, Owens mimicked one of the Young Bucks' signature taunt poses. Of course, Cody Rhodes used to work with the Young Bucks, not only in AEW, but in, in all Japan as well. After hearing about the references made by Owens, the two men updated their Twitter bio, which now reads, What up, Kev? Very, very interesting. You can go and you can find this on Twitter and you can find this on YouTube uh, as well now as people have posted from the live event. Kevin Owens doing the Young Bucks uh, pose. It's a double bicep tilted pose over Cody Rhodes. Let me ask you guys this. Are you surprised in the way, or maybe not surprised in the way, the Young Bucks and other talent in AEW have handled the Cody Rhodes departure? Love to know what your thoughts are. And uh, if you think that when they update their bios, if they're doing it the correct way, or if you think they're maybe a little less um, classy as far as how they're handling it. Me, personally, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's pro wrestling. I think they're doing it, obviously, just to go ahead and uh, get a interesting nod from different wrestling fans and see what they have to say. All right, let's go ahead and let's take a look at this article coming from E! Wrestling News, coming in from Ryan Clark. Logan Paul reacts to his WrestleMania 38 appearance. Uh, people who call wrestling fake. This is what Logan Paul had to say. During the latest episode of uh, a podcast uh, he was a guest upon, Logan Paul commented on his appearance at WrestleMania 38 Night 1 and while using Eddie Guerrero's move to get some heat with the fans and more. Logan Paul on the experience of being in the ring. It was electric when there is somebody you love in that ring and you do those moves the way you do. I didn't practice any of those moves. That surface is hard to land on. It is by no means bouncy. 
It is not a trampoline. There is no give. It's plywood. Wrestling is fake. Shut up. I'm completely sore. The left side of my body kills me right now. Those are real slams. It hurts. In practice, even during those moves, you're going to compromise your body in each and every match on doing the three amigos that he did to try to get heat. I don't know much about him, but then I realized most of the moves I was practicing and doing, and I didn't know exactly why, but it tended to lend itself to me physically in my moves. When I did them on a shimmy on the rope, everyone was booing. No disrespect to Eddie. I love Eddie Guerrero on his appeal for WWE. I don't have a WWE fan base. I think that's why they like me. I believe part of my value comes in bringing the gap between mainstream and the WWE world. If I do end up getting more involved, I would love to help build the bridge between the two. I think there's a way to make mainstream viral, cultural, and a phenomenon within WWE. I want to be humble, and I will, but I'm good at this. I realized my whole life I've been throwing my body off of things. Who knew I'd be flexible and I could do this? So if you want to catch more on this, you can absolutely catch it. Um, more information on e-wrestling news. Very interesting. Let's go ahead and talk a little Impact Wrestling from e-wrestling news. Andrew Ravens is writing in at this hour. Impact Wrestling has announced two nights of television tapings that are going to be occurring in May. Now, the promotion will hold the tapings in Florida at the Heritage Park Event Center in Kissimmee, Florida, on Friday, May the 13th, and Saturday, May the 14th. The Citrus Bowl will be the name, the Citrus Brawl, I should say, is going to be the name of the tapings. So, there will be a Rebellion pay-per-view for Impact Wrestling. It's going to be Saturday, April 23rd, and that's going to be happening in Poughkeepsie, New York. TV tapings are scheduled for Sunday, April 24th um, at the Convention Center in uh, Poughkeepsie, New York. Under Siege, Impact Plus, the Ultimate Insider Special, will be happening on Saturday, May the 7th at the Promo West Pavilion uh, in Newport, Kentucky. TV tapings on Sunday, the May 8th, that'll be happening in Newport, Kentucky. TV tapings are also going to be happening in, as before mentioned, Kiss Kissimmee, Florida, and will be also happening on May the 14th as well. Impact Wrestling is doing a big block of tapings for the simple fact that they want to make sure that they can get as much in as they can just in the event that injuries do occur or things may change as far as availability with some of the stars that they can get all of these done in in the can and ready to go. That is what we are being told at this hour. All right. Something that I found to be very, very interesting. Two WWE referees make history at WrestleMania 38. Ryan Clark is writing it this hour for eWrestling News. Two WWE referees in the form of AJ Smith, which is... Uh, Daphne LaShawn and Jessica Carr made history at WrestleMania 38. Following the show, Smith took to Twitter and commented on being the first black female to referee a WrestleMania match. She said, and I quote, First WrestleMania, first black female to officiate a WrestleMania. Right after my match, I cried. I called my family and then gave myself the biggest pat on the back. I worked for every ounce of this. Keep grinding. It'll pay off. And that's what Daphne LaShawn. So many exciting things, so many exciting things when you see um, people break the barriers and they do well. I'm so excited for women in wrestling, not only women in wrestling as it pertains to them in the ring competing, 
but for female wrestlers as well. Um, so congratulations to that. I think that's in- incredible, and I'm so proud of everyone involved. You want to go ahead and follow this? You can follow this as well. This is E-Wrestling News, and this is from Ryan Clark. You know what? I used to, in the beginning, realize, or I guess I should say paid more attention to whether it was male or female, especially when women referees started to become more frequently. But now I'm so used to, and I love the cadence and the style of some of the referees, that I don't even see whether it's a, a male or female. I'm just a big fan of their refereeing style, the way they do things in the ring, that to me it doesn't even register in my mind, which I think at the end of the day it is a big deal because as a wrestling fan, you should like wrestling for the sake of liking wrestling. It, it shouldn't have to be a gender thing whatsoever. All right, let's go ahead and let's move on. This is going to be really interesting. This article is coming in once again from E-Wrestling News and Ryan Clark. WWE begins filming for A&E's WWE Rivals uh, series, and that actually is happening during WrestleMania 38 weekend. Now, according to a report from PW Insider, WWE began filming their A&E docu-series, WWE Rivals, during WrestleMania 38 weekend. Now, the show will look at some of the biggest clashes in WWE history, and numerous stars are involved from the past. Now, this is how the show is being described in a press release. Aene has ordered 40 hours of the new series WWE Rivals, which is a working title. WWE Rivals will chronicle the little-known stories behind the biggest clashes in WWE history. The episodes will include every uh, every moment and in insight from the nights that made the rivalries some of the biggest ones and ones that happened far beyond the ring and the camera. Very, very cool. Um, in a related story to this as well, many people know that Cody Rhodes had taken to social media and had shared the fact that he signed one of, if not the most complicated contract he'd ever signed in his entire career. One of them was that he has his own bus now, which he can take his wife, Brandy, and their young daughter all over, and they can all still travel together as a family. He's also going to be a producer uh, on the own documentary that A&E is going to produce on his fleet father, Dusty Rhodes. So, uh, in this story by E! Wrestling News, and Joseph Krosky is writing it at this hour, Dustin Rhodes is going to appear on WWE programming with the documentary. It had been noted previously, Cody Rhodes is set to be an executive producer on the upcoming A&E documentary on his father, Dusty Rhodes. A new report from PWI Center has revealed that all four of Dusty Rhodes' children will make a part or an appearance in the documentary. Now, this also includes AEW contracted wrestler Dustin Rhodes. The report notes that AEW president Tony Khan gave Dustin permission to appear in the documentary. Dustin's role in the documentary will be on screen and we will see him being interviewed. Finally, it's noted that during Cody Rhodes' media scrum uh, after his agreement to appear in the documentary, this was done well in place before his WWE document has been signed. So that looks like that was one of the many things that uh, Cody wanted to have in place. And if you'd like to find out more, definitely go to E-Wrestling News. You know, it seems to me that Cody Rhodes went ahead, left WWE, made a name for himself, and then went ahead and he used that to leverage himself back into WWE's good graces. 
I hope, and I say this, I hope that that's not necessarily going to become the norm. And what I mean by that is I don't want to see people just using other promotions to get back to WWE. Because that's the problem with that. We're never going to see growth with other companies if everyone continues to say, oh, I'll come to said company for a specified amount of time. I'll get over and then I'll leave. Now, I know it's a wrestling business. I get that completely. That's not really the issue, but I feel like you want to make sure if you're going to sign with a wrestling company, and I'm not using Cody Rhodes by besmirching him in any way, saying he shouldn't have done what he did. But that's the problem. I feel like some talent will go to a certain company, they'll get over, and it seems like loyalty in wrestling definitely doesn't exist as much, I think, as it used to. And I think it is about money, and I think it is about exposure. And wrestlers' careers are short for the most part, and not many people make it to the top. But I would also say that I think it's also extremely important uh, that some wrestlers stay loyal to a certain company. I mean, that's the only way companies are going to continue to grow and thrive is if they continue to have a certain established amount of guys. But it's a different world completely. All right, let's go ahead and let's move on to our next article. This is coming from WrestlingNews.co. Elias returns at WWE with a new look and a new name. Now, this is coming from uh, Angel Rodriguez. The man formerly known as Elias is back on Monday Night Raw with a new look and a new name. He made his return during a promo segment with Kevin Owens. He claimed to be Ezekiel, the younger brother of Elias. Ezekiel mocked Kevin Owens for taking the Stone Cold Stunner on Saturday night. Owens told Ezekiel to leave the ring or face the consequences, but it was Kea who ended up leaving the ring. As it was noted several months ago, Elias was pulled from WWE TV, specifically in August, because Vince McMahon wanted to repackage him. At one point, he was going to have colorful gear, uh, but that look was eventually scrapped because the gear reminded those in charge along with his beard, too much like a Randy Savage. You can see, obviously, why Vince McMahon wanted to go in a completely unique direction with Ezekiel, but many people, unfortunately, still miss Elias. What's your thoughts on the repackaging and the rebranding of Elias? I will say this first and foremost. I was a fan of Elias. I do not know why Elias did not get over with the audience. I thought his gimmick was really good. WWE, Walk with Elias. I thought he was very talented in the ring as well. But, unfortunately, this is what happens so many times, is that people get lost in the mat, in the mix, and they see their matches, and they feel like they're improving, but sometimes that's all that they see, and the upper management just does not. So I hope the best for Elias. I hope this Ezekiel character and storyline works out for him. We're just going to have to wait and see. All right, moving on. Once again, from Wrestling News. Backstage, reaction to Vince McMahon's botched Stone Cold Stunner at WrestleMania. Uh, This is written by Paul Davis. Those of you who watched WrestleMania saw that Stone Cold Steve Austin had his match with Kevin Owens after he had the Kevin Owens show. And uh, he won. He vanquished his 19-year Uh, drought after he had lost from The Rock back at WrestleMania 19. Now, after the match, um, there were so many different things that were going on in that. There was a lot of beer drinking by Steve throughout the whole match. And then Vince comes out and he gets Stone Cold stunned. And it was very interesting. But the Stone Cold stunner did not exactly go quite the way 
they thought it would. On one of the biggest highlights from WrestleMania, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon were standing in the ring one more time again at a nod to their feud that knocked everything on its heels in 1998. McMahon wrestled and won his match against Pat McAfee, but Austin made his way down to the ring and proceeded to give Austin Theory a stunner that was followed by a stunner by McMahon. McMahon did not take the move as it was intended. Now, many uh, had seen this uh, botch, and McMahon went down to one knee, and then he got up, he stumbled across the ropes before finally taking the move. Now, backstage, McMahon was said to be all smiles and didn't seem bothered by the botch. The wrestlers and staff who were watching on the monitors got a kick out of seeing McMahon taking yet a bump again. Now, WrestlingNews.co was told that there was a brief audio snafu during the segment. Before Austin walked out, they played Austin Theory's music, and McMahon briefly reacted with a concerned look on his face. WrestlingNews.co was told that that was supposed to happen, uh, what wasn't supposed to happen, is Stone Cold's music was supposed to be playing originally. Um, we are also told that there's no heat on anyone for the snafu, and McMahon was said to be in great spirits all weekend. On a reported note, McMahon would probably love to have Austin do more. Uh, the word, go word going around backstage is that Austin was happy with his performance in the match with Kevin Owens. However, there are no plans for him to ever wrestle again. On a side note, uh, Steve took to social media and had mentioned that he now understands why Jerry the King Lawler still continues to wrestle to this day. He said, man, this is fun. I know why Jerry continues to wrestle. What was your thoughts on the Vince McMahon, Stone Cold Steve Austin confrontation? Did you enjoy it? Were you bothered by it? Did it look canned? Did it look old to you? What were your thoughts? Love to know what your take were uh, on the whole concept of kind of having that WrestleMania moment, reliving it with Austin and McMahon at the ring at the same time. Hit me up on social media. You can hit me up at Mike, M-I-K-E, Freeland, F-R-E-L-A-N-D. All right, let's go ahead and let's move on. So many interesting things that are happening in the world of wrestling today. This one is coming from WrestlingHeadlines.com. Now, many of you know that several months ago, Walter in WWE NXT changed his name to Gunther. But a lot of people don't understand exactly what was going on, why that necessarily was happening, and a lot of fans were really upset about that. Now, Gunther addresses his recent name change and changing changes to his physique. WWE NXT superstar Gunther spoke with Wrestling Inc.'s managing editor Nick Hausman at WWE's WrestleMania 38 Media Scrum and talked about his new physique. The leader of the Imperium admitted he trimmed down due to dieting. He says, and I quote, I guess I eat less, he said. I always worked out a lot, but for the first time, I've really focused on my nutrition. These guys really pushed me, I've got to say. When I was wrestling, I didn't think about it. Now I'm doing it even more. I always liked the look of the more solid heavyweights in Japan who had a bit of a gut they were carrying around. They just brawled and did stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you've got to go with the times and involve. And sometimes that's just what you have to do. The former Walter also talked about his recent name change, admitting that it didn't really bother him. He says, and I quote, no, not at all, Gunther said. It would be the other way around, and it would be Gunther before Walter now. It would have been the same uproar. A lot of people react negatively to change. Change is normal in life, and that's just a part of it, and we have to go along with it. So if you'd like to read more on this article, um, definitely check out 
Mark Middleton, who is someone we use a lot on this show, uh, Wrestling Headlines. You can find out more about Walter and Gunther. I know a lot of people had some frustrations about the name change, and I think a lot of people had frustration with the name change with Pete Dunne as well. Hit me up on social media. Let me know about exactly why you feel like it's wrong. If you do feel like it's wrong, if you feel like it's not a big deal, definitely let me know when you don't think it's a big deal. For me, being more of an old-school wrestling fan, I saw it happen a lot. I mean, when you think about all the years gone by and every gimmick that people have had and how it has changed. I mean, Repo Man used to be in demolition. You know, people didn't necessarily seem to have a big issue with that. Once again, we didn't have the advent of social media. We didn't have the advent of the internet at the time. People got repackaged and rebranded a lot. I think nowadays, because of social media, people have more of a voice and can speak their own mind a lot. So let me know what your thoughts are on that rebranding. Love to know what your take is. All right. As we said before, Cody Rhodes continues to move merchandise for WWE. Um, are you going to be buying more Cody Rhodes merchandise? I mentioned this at the top of the show. Love to know if you are. Uh, love to know if you aren't. If you're an AEW loyalist and you say, you know what? I ain't doing this anymore. I feel like he left the company and I am not going to mess with that anymore. There's some people in wrestling who are so dedicated to certain brands and so dedicated to certain talent. And they feel heartbroken sometimes when they leave. And I'd like to know if you might be one of those people. Once again, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, just like to know what your thoughts are. Uh, once again, I hope that he does very well. I hope that he succeeds in life. All right. We're going to move on to yet another interesting story right now. And let's go ahead and let's talk about Taya Valkyrie. Taya Valkyrie. Uh, has wrestled in many different promotions all around the world. She's wrestled here in the United States. She's wrestled in Europe. She's wrestling in Mexico, Puerto Rico, you name it. This article is coming out right now by Ringside News. Taya Valkyrie is bringing sexy back with the cut-out swimsuit photo drop. This is coming in. Um, mechanic Avtib is writing in today. Kaya Valkyrie is no stranger to the world of professional wrestling and has appeared in major promotions all around the world, as I stated before. The Canadian wrestlers also widely considered to be one of the best female wrestlers in the world. Now, Valkyrie recently took to Instagram to share a super revealing picture with her fans. Now, the former fitness competitor wore a cutout bra as she posed for the camera while adjusting her, her, her beat headphones. She says, bringing sexy back, new photos and blogs, and BTS available all week. Exclusive content in my page below. Very interesting. Uh, Impact Knockouts World Champion will also be on the line at the pay-per-view coming up uh, as Tasha Steeles takes on Rosemary. Once again, you can catch her and so many others that are going to be on impact wrestling i'm looking at the picture right now it is very uh revealing uh but once again she is not only a very attractive woman but she's a very successful wrestling uh personality as well all right sticking with ringside news this is coming in uh darby allen gave jeff hardy the idea for the massive swanton bomb off of the wall if many of you guys remember, there was a brawl that happened in a six-man tag recently on AEW Dynamite. Well, things got a little crazy. Jeff Hardy is truly the one most beloved 
when it comes to pro wrestlers, when it comes to high-risk moves in the business. He has competed against some of the best in the industry, and he continues to shine wherever he goes. Hardy also revealed who gave him the idea for the recent Swanton Bomb. The classic, the charismatic Enigma made his debut in AEW last month, and since then, he's been teaming up with his brother Matt. He took part in a few other matches as well. Always being the risk taker, Jeff Hardy performed a swanton bomb off the wall during a recent episode of AEW Dynamite. While speaking to Ad Free Show during the media scrum, Jeff Hardy revealed that it was Darby Allen that gave him the idea for the massive swanton bomb. In a quote, Hardy says, It was Darby Allen. I met Darby, and I kind of marked out a million times at first. He said, hey, man, I'm Darby. I said, hey, man, I'm Jeff. This was the first time I saw Darby and Tony Khan. Actually, at first, I had met him, but it wasn't called Darby Allen. They're saying he's the new Jeff Hardy. And then I started watching the people and the reactions. Wow, I don't believe it all. This is Darby Allen. So let's let's talk about this here. Darby Allen is, he is also an enigma. I think we use the phrase enigma a lot when we're talking about Jeff Hardy, but let's talk about Darby Allen as well. Darby Allen is one of those people who, it, it's very hard to pinpoint who he is and what he's all about because he's about everything. It's just like the definition of an enigma. It's something that you can't really explain. Um, I don't necessarily think Darby is per se a heel. I don't think Darby is per se a babyface. I think Darby is just one of those guys who goes out there and he does his own thing. And I respect that. You have to respect that completely. Uh, Darby is someone who I believe is going to be uh, a staple in AEW. He is not someone who I think would jump ship to a WWE. It just doesn't fit his style. It doesn't fit his personality and his character. I feel like Darby much like what MJF has said in the past, he wants to be himself. And sometimes when you leave a company and you go somewhere else, being yourself isn't something that's really an option or on the table. Now we are seeing that Cody Rhodes is doing that. Maybe Cody is going to be breaking the mold. We'll have to go ahead and see. All right, Hikaru Shida. More AEW news coming in at this time from Ringside News. Hikaru Shida shows off her pole dancing skills in a cosplay video play that dropped recently. Hikaru Shida is one of the top stars in the women's division in AEW and one of the most talented female wrestlers in the world. She was AEW Women's Champion for well over a year after winning the title from Nyla Rose back in 2020. Now, Sheeta lost the AEW Women's Championship to Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, at Double or Nothing last year. Since then, she has largely not been put on the main event scene in the women's division. Sheeta has skills in various areas besides pro wrestling, which include singing and even pole dancing. Sheeta recently took to Instagram and uploaded a video of herself pole dancing while cosplaying um, a song from Final Fantasy. If you go ahead and look on social media, you'll be able to find that as well. She'd also made her final return to AEW uh, after last month and after a hiatus in the company. We'll have to see what management has for Shida as she comes back. So many things about Hikaru Shida. I think she was a really, really great uh, champion when she had the belt the first time. Now, once again, it, we've talked about this, or at least I've mentioned this before. Sometimes women wrestlers, they just need to have that little push to get a little more fiery. You know, you see that with Thunder Rosa. She definitely had the fire. She had it from day one. Britt Baker, she started out as a baby face. She was always looking for that approval from the audience. The minute she turned a little dastardly and she turned a little heelish, 
um, she really started to see her career skyrocket. Britt at that point in time was was a tweener, but now she definitely heel. We're seeing that also with Chris Statlander. If you take a look at Chris, she's changed up some of her look. She's got more of an attitude, and I absolutely love it. You see it with Layla Hirsch. She has changed. She went from being all smiles coming down to the ring to now having a little bit more of an attitude, and you can see that. And that spark, almost that little essence of dastardliness or healness in these wrestlers and these ladies is definitely paying off. It's paying off big time. So I give a lot of credit to not only the talent, but the people backstage at AEW that are working with them to make sure that they continue to grow as a star. All right, let's go ahead and let's move on. Wrestling uh, news is coming. More wrestling news is coming from rinsidenews.com. This is coming. Johnny Gorgano says missing the people in NXT was the hardest part of leaving WWE. Johnny Gorgano um, was with Triple H's NXT for six years. Um, the Heart Rebel was involved in stellar matches during his time in the black and gold brand. Now, he had a tremendous in-ring performance and earned the title of Mr. Takeover. Johnny Gorgano was loved by fans and his peers, and there was absolutely no denying that. Now, as we know, Gorgano parted ways with NXT last year. He said goodbye in a heartfelt promo he cut in December. The NXT Triple Crown champion appeared on the sessions with Renee to elaborate on his decision that ultimately led to his departure from the brand. Gorgano would say, and I quote, to be able to do what I did and live in those moments, I am going to miss that place. I was going to miss those people. The thing is, these people that you're around for six years and then you're gone. You're in this bubble for so long. I was in the bubble for six years and I was extremely lucky to be where I was and never have any real extreme injuries. I was on TV with storylines consistently for six years where it was just all around me all the time especially at the Performance Center. It was like a weekly thing. I would go in, work out, go see people, and that was the thing that I did. That was my thing for six years, and now it's gone. In wrestling, it's weird because there are things that you would remember doing when you lived in Orlando, but you don't see these people anymore. You don't see them anywhere, and that's the hardest part, never seeing these people. You can read more of this. This is over at ringsidenews.com. This is uh, Johnny Gorgano says, missing the people in NXT was the hardest part of leaving. That's the title of the article. That's got to be hard. I mean, many of us have had jobs where we might not necessarily been very happy with management. We might not have been necessarily happy with our pay. But I think the big thing that we remember is the relationships that we had with the people that we worked with. And we really enjoyed working with those people. And I, I know for a fact there have been places that I've been at and I've said, man, if the pay was better or if the management didn't you know, suck, I would have loved to have stayed here and, and really made a career. Now, I'm not Im Im implying that the management sucked at NXT. I'm not saying the pay. I'm not saying any of that. Johnny just decided it was time for him to go somewhere. But the biggest thing that you remember and the biggest thing that you usually miss the most is, man, just all the great memories that you have with people. And once those are gone, they're gone. So very interesting. I think he's going to succeed wherever he ends up showing up. And if it is this return to WWE at some point in time, I wish him the very best. All right, let's go ahead and let's move on. Ringside News is reporting Matt Hardy wants to bring back the broken universe in AEW. Matt Hardy wants to show more of the broken universe. He plans to bring it back at some point. The AEW star recently spoke with his experience as broken Matt uh, and the 
Expedition of God with his brother Jeff during their time in Impact Wrestling, also known as TNA. During a recent episode of The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, Matt expressed that he wants to bring back the Broken Universe as part of a series. He wants to do it even when he's not wrestling full-time. He said in a quote, I mean, still, that is what I want to do. I want to bring back the Broken Universe at some point, he said, maybe even when I'm not wrestling in the ring full-time and make it a small series and try to put it on a platform somewhere because it was just so much fun. Now, Hardy also emphasized the importance of the broken universe and how it's fun to have fun in wrestling and how it still can be very, very entertaining. He would go on to say, I would love to sit back and hook up with JB, Jeremy Borash, and Jimmy Long and really do this and make it into an entertaining series because it was so much fun. That's a great mixture of combination, making movies and doing things with the broken Matt insanity, superstar entertainment, possibly. Along with having some great in-ring action, we'll still get to do some very fun and things that I'm very passionate about. If you want to see more about that, go ahead and head on over to ringsidenews.com and you can find the story right there. What's your thoughts on the broken universe? Um, I was a big fan, obviously, of the Hardy Boys in the 90s. And I was a fan of Matt Hardy when he went around and he made his tour of all different places, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling. Um, but I will say that I wasn't a big fan of the Broken Universe for the simple fact that I felt like it was just too goofy. M maybe I'm on an island all by myself. Maybe that, that's just the way wrestling is. Hit me up on social media. Let me know if you're a big fan of the Broken Universe. I'd love to know. And give me some reasons why you like the Broken Universe. Um, the matches that they would have, the compound at the Hardy compound, I, I thought were okay. But it just really didn't do it for me personally. But once again, that's the beauty of wrestling. It doesn't have to be for everybody. Um, certain tastes can go differently. And if people like certain things, great. If people don't like certain things, that's fine as well. But I'm just very curious as to why some people may say, oh, yeah, I really, really like that. Love to know what your thoughts are. All right, let's go ahead and let's continue on with all the news that is making uh, their waves right now in wrestling. And let's go ahead and let's talk about this. This is something that bothered a lot of people when it came to WrestleMania. The New Day was supposed to have a tag team match at WrestleMania night one. Now, because of timing issues and the other matches running long, New Day's match with Sheamus and Ridge Holland got bumped to night two. Now, there was some speculation also that the match might not even happen at all, period. Uh, but they did end up getting to have their match. But, man, it, uh, it wasn't much better because the match was less than two minutes long. But there's some other people that are chiming in about the way that things went. Former WWE champion Big E took to Twitter to give his thoughts on the New Day match, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, paying tribute to him at WrestleMania. He says, man, I have the best friends. I'll never forget this. WWE producer Shane Helms took to Twitter today to congratulate WWE on WrestleMania 38 this weekend. Shane would say, as WrestleMania weekend 2022 is finally at its end, I'd like to congratulate everyone in WWE and send a massive thank you to all departments that helped make it happen. No other company in the world can pull off what we did this weekend. Truly remarkable. Now, the other thing I will say is 
a lot of people believe that Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods deserved a better WrestleMania moment. Not to say that Sheamus and Ridge Holland didn't deserve a big moment, but why would you take a faction as popular as the New Day, bump them on night one because people couldn't stay to their allotted times, then bump them to night two, but because night two was so packed, you had to squeeze them in, and you only gave them about a two-minute match. I, I didn't like that. I didn't like that whatsoever. Let me know what your thoughts were. Were you upset by the fact that New Day got such a, a raw deal when it came to WrestleMania? And the other thing I want to know is, do you all agree, I was seeing this on social media, that so many video packages, why were there so many video packages? There were, I, I believe somebody on social media actually recorded the length of all the video packages and said it was, uh, for night one, it was, night one and night two combined, that it was almost near an hour, if not longer for that. I don't understand what the purpose of all of that was because at this point in time, you gotta, you gotta go ahead and you gotta give the talent the spots they deserve. So, all right, let's go ahead and let's move on to another article right now that's making headlines. This is from E-Wrestling News and Thomas Lawson. This article is entitled, Jeff Jarrett says Ring of Honor needs to avoid being AEW light. Interesting. What does Double J have to say? WWE Hall of Famer Jeff Jarrett has insisted that Ring of Honor must not become just another division or extension of AEW after Tony Khan had purchased them. In March, Khan announced the purchase of Ring of Honor and was overseeing its first pay-per-view show, Super Card of Honor, which happened on April 1st. Now, speaking to ad-free shows, Super Show Media Scrum, Jarrett shared his thoughts on the purchase, and he said this, I don't know enough about what his vision is, Jeff referring to Tony Khan's, like we were like Ring of Honor content. All right. So is it going to stay on Honor Club? I really don't know. Truly, I don't have enough information about Tony Khan to know what his vision is. I am absolutely excited because of it being at WrestleCon and it being a big part of WrestleMania weekend. I have a pretty deep conversation with guys that love the Attitude Era and all that kind of stuff. Hopefully it's not AEW light. I'm not sure what the recipe will be for success for the new version of Ring of Honor. It may be a completely different version. More power to him because I think wrestling is thriving in all different brands. Look at WrestleCon, six or seven shows at the venue, MLW, multiple lucha shows in town. I am super excited where the business is going. So love to know what you think about this article um, written by Thomas Lawson. Do you agree with Jeff Jarrett? Do you feel like in some ways that this new Ring of Honor is going to turn into AEW 2.0 or AEW Light or basically just be some grand extension of Dynamite and Rampage? Or do you think Tony Khan will keep it separate? I can't say that I disagree with what Jeff's saying. I hopefully will see Tony, or hopefully I will see Tony, um, keep them separate for the most part. I don't want to see a whole lot of crossover. I think there's so much talent right now that's out there, so much talent that the Ring of Honor fan base loves. Bring them in. Bring them back. Let them do what they do. Now, there's a big contingent of Ring of Honor stars who are over at Impact Wrestling right now who are doing their thing. I don't know what their contractual status is right now, if they're able to come back to Ring of Honor. I think that would be the way it should be. I don't think AEW talent should be having Ring of Honor championships. I think Ring of Honor should be its own thing, its own standalone thing. 
every once in a while, a crossover talent here or there who may need to have a little bit more exposure, a little bit more time on camera. Um, that's fine, but I don't want to see it just become this big schmoz with everybody everywhere at all times. I think, in my opinion, it takes away from the enjoyment of a certain brand, and it just kind of makes everything one giant program. So let's go ahead and let's continue on here. Your wrestling news is also writing in at this hour. Andrew Ravens, WWE Hall of Famer Edge, spoke with Stephen of Stevens, a wrestling adventure for an interview. Now, Edge had originally retired in 2011 due to a history of neck problems. He returned, however, in 2020's Royal Rumble nearly a decade after he left the ring. Now, he knows that his time in entering is limited. This is what Edge has said since returning. It won't be 10 years. It definitely won't be 10. I doubt it will be five. It's going to be before that, too. I don't even think it's going to be three. I don't know but I don't think it's going to be very long. I know my window is very, very small. What is your thoughts on Edge returning? I think, you know, he had about with, I believe, spinal stenosis. And the last promo he gave before he retired, it was the night after WrestleMania where he retained the championship, the World Heavyweight Championship. And then he ended up subsequently having to vacate that title. I was happy for him as a person to be able to have his life and his children and to not worry about him potentially being paralyzed he stays away for nearly 10 years he then comes back he's had a great run i mean if his career ended right now if he decided i'm walking away two things first of all he will have definitely um put the period at the end of the sentence to an illustrious career that has spanned multiple championships, multiple moments, multiple WrestleMania moments. History is is just etched in everything that he's done in WWE. And if he walks away, I give him kudos for that as well because it wasn't a retirement due to injury. He was able to finally walk away on his own terms, which is great. Now, if we think that his theory of maybe three years or so is going to be it, I think this is why we may start seeing Edge do some things that are a little bit less ring-involved. You know, you've seen on Raw he's going to be starting a new faction. It'll be very interesting to see if he will somehow segue into a manager capacity uh, with that faction, or whether he will continue to stay with WWE and he will become a producer backstage as well. But whatever Edge decides to do, however long he decides to stay in pro wrestling, I give him a ton of credit. He did it his way. Um, and definitely read this article by Andrew Ravens with E Wrestling News. Share with me your favorite Edge moment. Hit me up on social media and let me know about what your thoughts are. Love to, love to, love to hear what you have to say about that. All right. So many things going on in pro wrestling. It's always going to be interesting. Definitely hit me up on social media. Let me know what your thoughts are. It has been so much fun. Remember, continue to follow us on social media. The downloads in the month of April, you guys, were out of this world. It, it was quite possibly one of the best months that we have ever seen with the Front Row Material brand. So continue to support us. Continue to follow us. And I am so grateful for all the outpouring of support. If you know somebody who is a wrestling fan and who has not heard of the Freeland Five before, go ahead and share the link with them or tell them or tag them and say, hey, this might be something you might be interested in. All right, I'm Mike Freeland, and that's going to do it for the Freeland Five.
The world of MLW Radio never stops. <laughs> <laughs>